Right, so I'm, uh, I'm Joe, I'm an intern here. Uh, you'll probably know me from walking up here and stumbling through a Bible passage at some point in the service. Um, and I get to do a lot of things as an intern. Um, some of the things are looking after kids, uh, various playgroups, moving chairs and things, sort of small tasks. But I would say they're probably the top two things that you get to do um, working at a church would be leading worship for me as a worship intern and preaching the Lord's word. So it's, it's a real pleasure to get to do that this morning. Um, in the previous verses we've been looking at, Jesus is beginning to reveal who he really is to the people around in Jerusalem, his disciples. And um, this here, the transfiguration, is one of, if not, in my opinion, the main point in which he reveals to the disciples and to us as we read it now that he is the main man. He is anyone who's gone before him, there, there is no comparison. He is top man. It's before his death, it's before his resurrection, up until this point the disciples know, don't know that that's going to happen. This is the moment. He's been displaying his power and his authority as God's son in many different ways um, at his point from his life at this point, but it's always been in his human form, in his just typical, just like me and you. He's, he's done amazing things, he's done miracles, you know, all over, the, all over the place, but it's always been in the same form. At this point, he becomes transfigured. Now, transfigured, none of us can actually see what this looks like. Um, growing up um, in a Christian family, my, my father's a vicar, and he, um, he gave me when I was younger a, uh, I think it was called the Lion First Bible, which is just like a pictorial um, depiction of the Bible. And um, Jesus is on the mountain um, next to Moses and Elijah, and he looks like, um, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Star Wars Return of the Jedi, at the end of the film, there's three um, sort of shadowy blue people, and this book depicts him just like that. Um, so I always think of that as a, as a good way to, to picture it. Um, then he stood there with Moses and Elijah, the two, probably the top people in the Jewish, Jewish face at this point. And the voice of the Lord comes and identifies Jesus as his son. It comes much similar to after Jesus' baptism, where he says in Mark, Mark 1, verse 11, you are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Now, at the baptism, he speaks to Jesus. At this point, he speaks to the disciples and calls them to accept his authority. He calls them to listen to him. With an exclamation mark, of course. Hovering it home. Now, if you're stood there, and you hear the voice of the Lord in clear, broad daylight, that there isn't a question as to whom you are to follow, that you must follow this man in front of you, whatever the cost may be. Now, there's two other things which hammer home Jesus' authority at this point. The first being the location. Now, the, they're stood on a mountain. Plenty of amazing things throughout the Bible happen on a mountain in a high place. People, some people would say closer to God. 
if you believe God is in the sky. Um, Moses collects the tablets with the Ten Commandments on, on top of a mountain. The crucifixion happens on a mountain. Obviously, not the best moment, but then again, still the same, same concept. The devil tempts Jesus in the desert whilst he's stood on a mountaintop. This shows that this here moment that's happening right now is important. It's not happening in the streets. It's not happening um, down near the shops, down near the restaurants, whatever. It's on a mountain. This is important. This is, this is near God. Now, the second thing that happens is um, Moses and Elijah. They're stood next to Jesus. The two probably most important people at this point for, for the Jews. Peter, James, and John, all Jewish. Huge figures for them. Celebrities, if, if you want. Um, Moses, of course, leads his people out of Israel. Leads them through the desert. Eventually puts them in the right direction towards the promised land. Collects the Ten Commandments. He, he's, he's done some serious things. Elijah, it says, says in the passage, Peter asks, um, why do the teachers of the law say Elijah must come first? Teachers of the law at the time were saying Elijah is, is first. Well, now Jesus is the first, of course. He surpasses their greatness on all levels, on all accounts. Now, the disciples have come, they've seen this heavenly apparition. It's a, it's a glimpse of glory. God's glory shines through to them for probably the first time visually for them. Now, what does this mean for us here? This means that Jesus is above everything we can ever imagine having on this earth. Moses and Elijah, both earthly figures. For the disciples, they, they're, they're the top. Jesus is their friend. He's been walking around with them. He's been on a personal level to them. But they see now that he is who they are to follow. He is everything he says they must do. He is the absolute king. For, for me, there's, uh, there's plenty of things that happen in my life that are really important. I'm really, I love my music. I love, I love my family. I love my friends. And sometimes they can, they can get in the way of my, my relationship with God. They can, be, they can overtake sometimes. Throughout a week, I might not talk to God. It's a bit more difficult talk, coming to a church and working in a church. You happen to be in that place all the time. But they, it, it still gets mixed up. Now, for you, it might maybe be plenty of different things. You know, your family, your friends, they, you know, they dominate your life. We're on earth. We, we, see, we see these things walking around. God is not something a lot of people see. But here, for the disciples... And for us, he says, he is, he is king. There's no other question who is king at this point. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share, share a story with you. Um, I, had, I had lunch with a, uh, a really good friend of mine this, uh, on Monday, I think it was. Um, and I, was, I asked him about his relationship with God. And he, I, I knew him through church from, from previous times. And he's grown up in a Christian household and he's 
you know, he's been in worship bands, he's been doing all these sort of things. But he's, he's, he's straying away at the moment. He said the two most important things in his life are his beautiful girlfriend and his career, his music career, that he's, um, he spends most days c- completely committed to. And he said that everything he needs right now is before him. He has everything he could ever ask for, which is a pretty, it's a pretty good thing to, you know, to have. Um, a lot of people talk about how it's difficult for the rich to come to Jesus because they have everything. They, they don't need anything. A lot of us might come to Jesus in times of trouble, difficulty, but these people have everything. My friend, does, he's not the richest dude in the world, but he has everything in his life that he needs. Now, my regret from that conversation is that I didn't hammer this home with him. That, you know what, you're going to reach a point, you're going to discover a point where you don't have everything you need. You need Jesus. And you need him to come back into your life and fulfill you with his presence. Something I need to look back on every day, very, very important for me to, every morning, every evening, what's happened today? Was Jesus the center today? Did I think, did I think every decision I made was it what Jesus has asked me to do? Usually the answer is no. Well, I'm going to ask you the same thing. Is yesterday, you went through your day, how many times did you think, this is what Jesus wants me to do? This is what he's asked me to do? And I also ask you, the opportunity I had with my friend on Monday, if you get a similar opportunity, take it as much as you can. It's not a simple thing. They, people don't come up to you in the street saying, um, tell me about Jesus. If an opportunity presents itself, take it. They need Jesus as much as you do. I'm going to... Um, I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish here with a with a prayer, and um, yeah, and I and I and I hope you've been able to hear what I have to say. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that uh, for your power and your authority. And we pray that throughout our lives. Through times of trouble, through times of success, we hold on to your authority and your goodwill. Amen.